Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below and let's get straight into it welcome back to the football review show live here on ga fan tv i've got my got myself and john mcmahon from the jmac podcast here with me i suppose first of all john great to have the intercounty back i mean it was a whole host of games really to get through i mean we were just chatting off earlier there was nearly 20 plus games across intercounty clubs and, and all the rest so i mean great to have the ga back and definitely a lot to talk about anyway after just one uh, weekend of action Hi, Aaron. How's things? Great to, great to be back on. Yeah, no, look, it was just an absolute jam-packed weekend full of action. And I suppose, look, it's a great thing, great thing to have it back because I suppose we kind of went so long without it. And, you know, crowds can go back to games. There's no restrictions. And people just mad to get out of the house, Aaron, and enjoy themselves again. And, you know, it's great because, like, geez, I was there in Carrick and Shannon following the trials and tribulations of Cavan yesterday and obviously getting the win over Leach, and we'll talk about that later on. But, you know, it was just the rain was coming down from the heavens. It was windy, but people had smiles on their faces. They were chatting to each other. You know, it just goes to show how much of a miss it really was. I think it could have been thunder and lightning around the Ireland this weekend. The people probably still would have got out of their houses and go, went to the game. So great to have it back. And I think I just, I really just got the sense from people yesterday. And just, I think people, I'd seen people sort of chatting to each other and going on about the game and how's life and all this. It's just great to see people getting a chance to talk to each other and just go watch their counties, win, lose, draw, whatever it may be. And uh, it's just, it's great to have the interest back, Aaron, because uh, just in earnest and, you know, no crowd restrictions. We can't do this. We can't do that. Just, you know, straight away on. So it's it's great. And yeah, it's only now we'll probably get a chance to look back at it all and just take a deep breath, Aaron. Yeah, and we'll definitely be running through all the action anyway across all four divisions and we'll touch on the the two big club semi-finals that happened at the weekend as well because a whole host of trills spills surprises along the way i mean even going as far as division four with london beating carlo and division three antrim turning over for mana with a huge victory and commanding wins in there for galway Derry in division two so a lot of uh, a lot to discuss but i suppose really we have to start with with the dublin and armagh game i mean a huge result for armagh winning by five points at crow park i suppose first of all like what a performance by Armagh. Like, they really... We were chatting off air there. Like, this this has been coming for a while, really, with some of the talent that Armagh have and the likes of Rian O'Neill and, and Rory Grugan and you've Connor Turbot, Ross McQuillan coming through as well. Like, a whole host of, of talent. And I suppose this was the day it finally delivered. Definitely, Aaron. Definitely. And yeah, I think we were, we were really alluded to that fact that, you know, it was a star story of the Armagh performance. And Rian O'Neill was absolutely sensational, as was the rest of his colleagues. It was just a fantastic win for the Orchard men. And, you know, we probably did see this kind of Armagh performance coming. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't like to think having to peak too soon, maybe. And, you know, obviously there's such a long year ahead, but it was a fantastic performance on Saturday night from minute one onwards, Aaron. And who would have really thought it? It was just... Uh, it was just such a star story to performance. And, you know, I think Dublin, obviously, very lethargic and, you know, obviously down a few men still. But it was probably the strongest panel of players that they probably they can, you know, have around the place at the minute. So there's definitely no doubt in that. But it was just a very, very good workmanlike performance by our man. I, I just think, you know, Kieran McGinney, he'll be very, very happy. There's serious work going on down there. They've obviously, uh, Kieran Donaghy and Kieran McKeever in the background team. You could see the kind of fourth threat that Armagh kind of had throughout the game. High balls in. You definitely know that Kieran Donaghy is having a big say in that. And, you know, he's, he's working so hard with them as a general coach, forwards coach, 
probably doing a jack of all trades to say Kieran Donnie's is down there. So you can see his impact straight away. Rain O'Neill just looks so, so comfortable up in Croke Park. God, it looked like he was playing down his home pitch across McGlen. Any ball he got on, he always looked like a threat. He took the goal so well. He kicked some absolutely outrageous scores. He just looks so confident, Rain. I think he's only 21, 22 years of age. And just the sky's the limit for that man. You know, I think, and fairness, I think Paul Herty was kind of saying to us at the weekend, you know, this is only the start for this man. He's been playing so well the last couple of years. And now people, the fact that people got to see him in RT2 in Crow Park underneath the lights. And by God, he he shone in them lights and he he was just terrific. He should he should be really proud of himself this week. He was brilliant and be interesting to see can he follow that form into Throne this weekend. But yeah, just there's there's a lot to work on for, from the Dublin point of view. Um I know obviously there's men to come back. You're talking about like uh, Michael Simons, Conor Callahan and various players like that. So yeah, I suppose Dublin from a, from that point of view. But as you say, Joff Air, I suppose if Jim Gavin was still there, I think we'd be seeing them men about the place. It's odd that them boys haven't kind of shown up yet. I think Desi Farrell is to get them men back on board. But Jesus, it was just a very flat Dublin performance, something we haven't seen before. I said it to you last week in um, our podcast. Um, you know, we were really expecting a big response from Dublin, especially after last August. And God, Aaron, we just did not get it. They were dead in their feet. Um, I know Cormac Costello obviously came off with an injury, but I still even think if Cormac Costello was on the pitch, I still think Dublin probably would have had a similar type of performance. No, obviously, he's a massive scoring threat. Like Dean Rock came on Saturday and he still didn't even do much himself. So it was just a really, really good Armagh performance. And I'm looking at the scoreline in front of me. I think that scoreline probably probably doesn't really give a good reflection of the game because Armagh were a mm. far better team, Aaron, and there's no doubt in that. Yeah, and there was a comment coming in there before we started from Sharon Hegarty. She says, uh, I agree, Dublin are just not the same since Jim stepped away. So I suppose maybe she preempted there what we were going to talk about. But um, I suppose getting back to Armagh briefly, and we'll definitely touch on Dublin in a minute. Richard Daly says here, Armagh are going to be a tough team to move this summer if they can all get fit. That's a big thing as well, because I remember speaking with Sean Casey from the Sideline Eye podcast there a couple of weeks ago, and they had their full, uh, their whole full back line out injured for the Monaghan game. So like if you can keep the likes of Aiden Forker, if you keep, keep someone like some of the other lads in there, I mean, it might be the start of something. Like, you know, they were very close to beating Monaghan last year. And then we've seen Monaghan and the performance they gave to Tyrone. Tyrone obviously go on and win the All-Ireland. I'm not going to start saying Armagh are All-Ireland contenders or aren't like that. But, you know, they're definitely moving in the right direction. And they could be a, a real dark horse or, or surprise package or potentially one, you know, if you're going to take it, if you're going to put a bit of a punt on, on, some, on some team to go all the way, maybe Armagh might be the, the one to go for. But like Aaron, like I was saying this to a chap a couple of minutes ago, like this is the year for some team to take the scruff of the neck of the All-Ireland, whatever it's going to be. Because we the, the signs are there with Dublin. They are not just going to be around this year. Like they might get to the latter ends, but they might, they're not really even looking like All-Ireland contenders at the minute. I know it's early on in the year, but the, now is the time for teams to step up because we see it now with the likes of even kind of Derry um, and Ulster kind of coming up now and obviously Armagh's terrific win at the weekend. Now this is the year to really grab the bull by the horns and obviously Mayo beating Dublin last year. So the signs are there, Aaron. It's really time to just kind of ramp it up and just kind of get any any blow off any cobwebs that you need to do and just get, get your team in order because it's a serious chance this year. And like we've seen it like Armagh again revert back to them. It was a serious performance. It was a very kind of Kieran um McGeaney like performance, you know, work hard, kind of you know, don't get you look at it, we've seen it in the first half, I was saying to you during the weekend, like, you know, I think it was a real O'Neill's hit on John Small. Like that was really a sign of intent, what was gonna um what was gonna happen. It was just it was a terrific obviously terrific hit, a fair hit, and uh, that really set the tone for our performance. And they just came up, confidence, swagger, belief, and 
they just really, really put in a great performance. You know, can they do that for the rest of the year? That'll be the big thing. Can they, you know, win an Ulster this year? Can they get to another ladder end of All Ireland? We'll just have to wait and see. But God, that was a great, um, nice work by uh, Kieran McGee's men and one they could definitely be proud of. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think Armagh are in for a big year. I think now has to be the time for this team. I think now has to be the time for Kieran McGeaney. He's been there for eight years. Something has to give. I know he's kind of got a lot of things in the last couple of years. Kieran McGeaney, like, oh, people put him down for being a great manager. He hasn't won much, etc. It's now or never for Armagh, Aaron. I think this could well be the year. Like, you know, what year, what this comes with, you know, they'll win an Allianz League. I don't know, did it make a big push in Ulster? Ulster teams are going backwards. Tony Gall had a poor game at the weekend. Monaghan, you can't really rely on Monaghan. Um, Tyrone, can they repeat their success from last year? So it's just, it really is time for the teams, the likes of Derry, Armagh, these teams to really cash in now, Aaron, because as what are we talking? Your top six teams are not performing at the minute. Yeah, and I see a few comments coming in there, a few people asking to discuss Antrim, and we'll definitely get onto them a little bit later. That was a big win for them. <laughs> over Fermanagh, no doubt about it. But, like, as we were saying there about Armagh, like, do you think this was a surprise result in some ways? Because I've seen some people saying this wasn't a surprise or it was a surprise. Like, personally, I don't think Armagh's performance was a surprise in how well they actually played. Like, we've seen, we were chatting there before, they nearly beat Mayo in a, in a qualifier game there a couple of years ago. Um, and they, they do have these good performances in them. We've seen them against Monaghan. Um, but I think that maybe the big surprise was really probably how bad Dublin played and how poor they were. But what do you think? No, I think the big surprise was the way Dublin probably performed because they like you know, Jesus the dog in the street was saying during the week that our Dublin were going to win that game. It was common knowledge, mm. and our man just put in such a good performance, and that's probably the big surprise. Dublin's lack of performance, and we all thought, okay, here we go, Dublin start the year, win the Uporn Cup, and just go hell for leather, and it just did not happen for them. Um, you know, like even like the likes of Brian Fenton, you're thinking right, you know, he was going to um going to go at them on Saturday. Fenton was even quiet. I think. It was just such, it was just probably a strange performance, but I don't think we were overly surprised because, in fairness, there has been so much talk about the likes of Armagh and Derry can come up through the ranks now and everyone's saying now's the time for them. But I don't think we were surprised by the Armagh performance because it, obviously it did have everything. Just probably surprised by Dublin's lack of intensity, you know, lack of ideas up front, you know, expecting Dean Rock to come on and win you the game. I think them things are gone, and you know, even when Dublin were bringing like Dublin's goal was even fairly first, like for like very fortunate how that even came about, and um, how they even got into the back of the net. So, you know, obviously in the league, Dublin loved their goals, that kind of lovely attacking style of football. We just didn't see that Saturday. It wasn't free flowing, and um, gee, it's hard to believe it. But Dublin back to the drawing board once again. It's not going to get any easier this weekend. Obviously, Kerry in Kerry. So, yeah, interesting times for the Dubs, Aaron. Yeah, Kerry up next for Dublin and then uh, Mayo straight after that. So it really doesn't, you know, it, it could be very tough. I think we've Tyrone away from home on match day five as well. So it's going to be very tough from a from a Dublin point of view. And as we were saying there, like the first half performance, I rewatched the game this morning and it was just, um, it was baffling really. Like just so many disorganized mistakes and uncharacteristic mistakes with Dublin. Like even even the goal as well, like it's a brilliantly taken goal by Rian O'Neill and it's a brilliant ball from, from Aidan Nugent. And you can't you can't fault Davy Byrne at all for committing himself for going into that for, for, for going for the ball because that's obviously what he's there to do. But the mad thing was there was like 15, 20 yards of just open space for Rian O'Neill to run into and slot the ball into the back of the net. It was it was very strange how high up the pitch the Dublin defence were playing at times. It was just it was very strange. And we were obviously chatting there as well, like plenty of players maybe to come back in, like Fitzsimons, maybe Johnny Cooper as well. Maybe we were just lacking 
experience really in that defense. But yeah, from a Dublin point of view, like the most surprising thing really was how bad they were defensively because even last year against Mayo, I still felt I felt like it was going forward really that was a problem. It wasn't really the defense. So hmm. you know, it's it's almost like Dublin have actually gotten worse and regressed more since that Mayo defeat, which is crazy really. Yeah, like and I suppose it's like anything else. I think when you when when something goes wrong for you or I don't know a result goes against you, you're just expecting that kind of response from a team and. That just was not the case in Saturday. Like I was saying to you last week, right, Dublin, big response, here we go. And, you know, look what happened Saturday night. And no, just, that's what I'm saying. They just ran out of ideas, probably maybe the, maybe to get the system that Desi Farrell wanted them like, to go on. And I know obviously losing Corman Costa was huge, but I still think it would have been similar Saturday night eh, regardless. So it just looks like there's a real change in tides. And I keep saying it, now is the time for new teams to step in because the signs are there with Dublin. There's lads not committing. Um, there wasn't much of a game plan on Saturday night. It's it just it, it just seems like a massive change to the guard. And I think it was the Ryan Vasquez. He was in corner forward on Saturday. It just didn't happen for him either, really. And um, I, I know he tried to get involved as much as possible, but just it just didn't really happen for him inside. So you know, it's just it's it's a change in tide. And I think it's like anything else I said to a fellow earlier on. You know, six All Irelands in a row. Now is probably the slump for this Dublin team, and now is probably just a, a chance for other counties to really just claim their place, state their claim, and really just go go at it this year. And it ha- it's like anything in life, Aaron. Nothing lasts forever. It was dominance by Dublin, and now it's kind of like Man United over the years or any other great teams we've seen in the past. These could be the barren years for Dublin once again. Who knows? But um, obviously they might turn that around. The fortune could uh, quickly turn around this weekend. But it seems like a big transition period, and you know. Like Kieran Whelan on the podcast last year, and like he was saying, there's not many players coming through for Dublin this year. They might not win Sam, and a lot of people were saying to me, "Jesus, you know, Whelan's talking out of his nearly arse there and talking nonsense." But Jesus, he was absolutely bang on, and it really doesn't seem like there's much coming through for Dublin. And that we, I know we keep mentioning the likes of Kieran Archer, but I don't know what the story is with him. Is he in or is he out? And there just does, I think, Jesus, you know more than me, but there just doesn't seem like there's a lot coming through. And I think for a successful team, you need that sort of, you see with even the off set up there, such a good under-20 team versus common the likes. With Dublin, it just doesn't seem like that. And uh, yeah, it just, I, I, it's, like, it's, it's so many questions. That, geez, don't be wrong. It's only one defeat, one game in. It's not like, you know, calling for the manners to head. But is Desi Farrell the right man to lead it? You know, does he look like he's the uh, lads, you know, getting in behind them? You know, does he have the dressing room? Is the respect there? More questions than answers, I think, at the minute, Aaron. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I think that, like, I think the young players, to be fair, like a few of them, I thought performed well. Like Lorcan O'Dell, who came off the bench, I thought made an impact. And Cameron McCormick kicked a brilliant point. I remember early on in in the second half, and it was a tough night for Lee Gannon. Like, it was very, it was a a difficult night, no doubt, no doubt about it. And and certainly probably a learning curve for himself in in that game. But yeah, like, and like the, the worrying part is as well, like from a Dublin point of view, especially with it being the league, is obviously. You have a lot of people saying it's only January and and this and that and there's there's not much to go. But obviously the league and the championship very condensed this time around. Like the championship starts in April, so you know before we know it, really the league is is going to be done and dusted. It's going to be finished. It's going to be over, and we'll be straight into the championship. There really isn't too much time for Dublin to work, you know, training wise to maybe change the system or, or try and improve. So like the big worry really is like. I don't know if Dublin have what it takes really to turn it around. Like it, there is mm. still six more games to go, and we seen Tyrone last year when they got hammered by Kerry. They, they reevaluated and they kicked on, but I don't know. Like I just think Dublin have a lot more work to do, maybe than um, than we thought at the start of the year, anyways. Well, yeah, like it, it just I think as well the options don't 
even seem to be there on the bench. And I think like, this crack of, you know, maybe relying on Kilkenny and Fenton to kind of dig out of games. Teams mm. will probably switch on to that now, now. And I know they are two absolutely sensational footballers, but, you know, teams will switch switch on to that. You get your man markers on them. And, you know, I just don't think that'll wash. You, you need more than two players to win you to like likes of an All-Ireland or that. So it just keeps saying it. Now is the time to really... Um, really just go at it. And I think, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's many kind of options off the bench coming on. I just, you know, even with the likes, I know Paul Mannion, he's involved with Killam Cull at the minute, but he just does, has no desire to come back onto the county team. And Jack McCaffrey just looks like he's completely gone. I know we referred a couple of minutes ago to the likes of Mick Simons. And I think there's Warden Street, Con O'Callaghan potentially committed to the hurlers this year. So, it just seems to be very odd. Maybe you're. It's it's so funny, Aaron. Like obviously with the, with the commitment of the game, and obviously again, that's probably for another day's kind of conversation. But you know, maybe is the fun going out of it? You know, have the one what the one all stars and Insta titles, all Aaron titles. You know, have a lot of lads said right, that's me done. You know, I, I've achieved all I want to achieve. It was, is there lads taking extended breaks? But at just this current minute in time, it just doesn't look like a very strong double panel probably as a whole and. Um, there doesn't just look like you know. I don't know even if Kenny or any of the boys are to go off. Like, you, like if you really do think about it, Kevin McManaman's gone in the last couple of weeks. He was a, he would have been a great man to bring on. I don't know he's probably mm. he's probably finished now, but he would have been a great man to even bring on Saturday night. And um, Philip McMahon's gone too. So basically, the whole spine of the team is basically gone at this stage. Aaron, like the old guard, for want of a better phrase, probably is gone, and um, it's probably just up for up, up to Desi Farrell. To just unheard a few new players, Aaron, because um, that team Saturday night, I don't think it's going to be winning you many All Irelands. Yeah, and there's a comment coming in there from Hello, my name is James. He says, uh, Can we take a moment to talk about how terrible a referee Joe McQuillan is? And we'll definitely uh, we'll get on to Dublin Joe a little bit later, anyways. But um, but in terms of Desi Farrell, I mean, I've seen on, on Twitter really, and even I was, I was out Saturday night and I was chatting to a few people, and it's, I feel like it was the first time really where I've seen. A lot of Dublin fans potentially, well, not potentially, really turn on, on Desi Farrell and a lot of yeah. people calling for his head and all the rest. Like, I don't really agree with the whole soccer kind of culture in GEA in terms of calling for managers' heads, especially after one game. Like, if you're, you know, it's not quite like Chelsea or Man City where you, you get rid of a manager and then you have another one lined up. You know, you have a pick of options, really. You can go in and offer this amount of money for this type of manager. It doesn't quite work that way. And, don't really know who'd be who'd be able to come in and, and make a difference at this stage. But mm. what's your opinion on, on all the, the Desi Farrell, I suppose, criticism? Like one thing is for certain, anyways, if results do continue like this, it's very likely that he, he won't be the manager next year anyway. Ah uh, yeah, like I think it could be like this he might just do this year and probably sail off into the sunset. But yeah, like I suppose as you said, he would be the like the immediate replacement if someone like Jesus, it's probably the biggest biggest job in uh, Gaelic football at the minute, that and the carry job. So whoever was, but I think look at I think patience, a bit of time and a bit of perspective probably will need to be put on the situation and calling for the manager's heads. But it's funny when I think like a team like the Dubs and the success and everything that they've had in the past, maybe the fans can maybe foresee that maybe Desi might not be the man to lead them to the All-Irelands, to lead them to like, you know, uh, the success that they've obviously had in the past. So like, is he the right man? Who knows? But I think, look, at we, a bit of perspective, he did win, obviously, the All-Ireland his first year of charge, didn't go over the line last year. It is All-Irelands with Dublin, very much like Kerry. This year will tell a tale. You know, if he doesn't win it, who knows? He, it, it, that might be the the the, um, the exit door for him. But I think he probably, I think he will need time. I think in GA, it has kind of crept in that soccer aspect of getting rid of managers, calling for managers' heads after, you know, not, not much time. So, obviously, Dublin or sorry, Desi is a very passionate Dublin man. He pleads Dublin GEA, so he'll not he'll not like that result Saturday night. He will want to go to Kerry on Saturday night. You know, 
all guns blazing, get the best out of his players because, you know, obviously that Mayo game last year, that wasn't what we've seen from Dublin, obviously the game on Saturday night. So he will be looking for a massive response, response this weekend. He'd be very frustrated if he doesn't get it. I think even, you know, with half time of that Armagh game, he would have been very frustrated with the first half show. And so, um, but I just think, when you hear the outside noise and when you hear the whispers about the players and maybe I know, I think apparently maybe some of the Dublin lads were having it just were maybe out on Saturday night. That's only whispers and you know little things like that. I just think it can be a respect for a manager and just not, not having an interest. So it's just, it's very telling at the minute, Aaron. It's very telling. Yeah, hundred percent. And Aaron Casey says there as well, this weekend game is big for, for both Dublin and Kerry. And, and yeah, like interestingly enough, like none of last year's All Ireland semi finalists and provincial winners won at the weekend. So it really like division one is uh, is wide open. It's almost as if um, you know, I suppose Mayo, Donegal, Kildare, Kerry, Tyrone, Monaghan, they seen Dublin lose at the weekend and they all got together and said, Let's let's have Dublin bottom of division one for the open weekend <laughs> or something like that, you know. But um but yeah, I suppose Mayo Donegal eleven points each. I mean, this was, uh, I mean, this was a hard watch at times, obviously because of uh, the man upstairs. But um, Mayo, I mean, I mean, this game was probably probably summed up really these two counties down the years. Like Mayo yeah. coming back from the dead, fighting back from the dead. You had Rhino Donahue scoring a point from Jesus in awful conditions at one stage, like with five ten minutes to go. Yeah, you know, he's putting his fists up to the crowd. The crowd are getting behind, and Rob, Robbie Henley comes up like it's just. The, you know the Mayo story goes on in many ways. It definitely does, and uh, Jesus, like what way would you describe Mayo? As a fella said, a fella said to me earlier on, it's like a girl in like club that really likes you, and she keeps coming back even though you're <laughs> you're pawning her off maybe. But um, look, with, with the Mayo story, I'm I'm not I'm not sure what's really going on. Like you know, I think with like that result at the weekend, eleven eleven. I was lucky enough I missed the game uh, by all accounts, so I, I was happy enough. I think it was following Cavan's uh, glorious Division Four game against Leitrim. We we'll, we'll talked about that in a couple of minutes, but um, yeah, look. It is what it is. I think both of these teams are reading too much into the league. I'm not sure. Rob Hindley nails the point at the end to draw up the game. Fair enough. But I just think I, I, I can't see James Horan really. He might blood a few lads. Jason Doherty, great to see him back from AO. He might blood a few lads in this league campaign. I can't see him reading too much into it. Um, you know, I think the, the All Ireland's the big, big prize for Mayo once again this year. I just that result yesterday. I thought I think it's an indent under season. I can't see them caring or reading too much into it. Maybe I know the conditions were horrendously bad, and TG Carr obviously got a lot of stick and criticism for their camera work, whatever. But um, and then regarding Donegal, look at the big thing with Donegal at the minute, and it's it's probably the, the, the you know the the general talk about the, the Ireland at the minute is. This the afterlife after Michael Murphy, you know, is there a replacement for him? You can't just kind of keep relying on the man. There has to be lads coming through or coming in after him. Uh, Paddy McBurdy, I was listening off the ball this morning, and it was actually a very relevant fact. But you know, he's been on the bounce for like the last ten or eleven years, and people have to nearly remember that. Like he was, he's been a starter since what 2011, 2012. So hmm. you know, you can't. I know he's only what 27, 28, but. Again, you need lads coming in, and like, Tony Gall probably like the dubs to a degree. Don't have many, probably don't have probably maybe a great maybe underage structure. Many lads coming through, so probably both teams are probably in transition. But I think with Tony Gall, um, they'll be. I think will they read too much into the league? I'm I'm still not even sure because with Declan Bonner, it, it, you know, I had Brendan Defendi on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was just kind of saying like, you know, with, with Bonner, I think even. With the players he's got there, like the likes of him, McGee there, he's been around for so long. Sorry, Neil McGee, he's been around for so long. What, 35, 36? Like these lads, they're only nearly hanging on because there's 
probably nothing else really coming through. And I know we've seen a couple of retirements with Donegal the last couple of years, but I think Donegal, I don't know what kind of year they're really in for this year. And I know obviously they're probably not reading into that result much yesterday, but I just think this crack of constantly having to rely on Murphy to dig you out and, you know, McBrarty as well. I just don't think that's going to wash anymore. You, you need a couple of new lads coming in. And I know obviously Ryan McHugh was talking about during the week, having a big year and stuff, but I think with the likes of Armagh and Derry really, really getting strong this year, um, I don't know. I think Donny Gold could be licking the wounds again uh, this year once again, Aaron. Yeah, and like they really had this game wrapped up nearly at one stage. Like They had a penalty to, to go six points up. Paddy McQuirty misses a Henley, saves a Mayo are down to 14 men as well. Like Really, Mayo did come back from the dead completely in this game to, to, to rescue a point. And I think if you're a Donegal fan, okay, yeah, fair enough. You're probably... You're probably looking ahead and thinking, you know, this game probably isn't going to matter too much. But again, there were probably similar trends there to Tyrone last year. Cavan, obviously, in that Ulster final as well, where Donegal seemed to, like, they, they do seem to sort of just let go of themselves a little bit sometimes in the final 10 to 15 minutes. And maybe it's, I don't know if it's game management or, or something like that under Declan Bonner that they struggle with at times. But, mm. you know, but at the same time, you have to give credit to Mayo because they, they really did go at it. And as you said, Jason Doherty, Great addition back into the team. Ryan O'Donoghue, still potentially of Killian O'Connor, Ushin Mullen to come back in there as well. Aidan O'Shea was was on the bench as well. So, I mean, uh, plenty of positives from that point of view. Yeah, like, you just do have to hand it to me, oh, like, they just keep coming back with new ideas. And I think, I, I thought Kieran McDonald was actually going to be uh, leaving the panel, but he he's, he's he's going to stick around for another year. But look, so that's obviously great to have him, him on board for another year. But yeah, like, in fairness to me, oh, they just keep coming back. And, you know, in fairness, like if they can get Killian O'Connor fit again, Jace Doherty's back, um, you know, with the, the other corner forward, Ryan O'Donoghue. So, like, there's plenty of talent there. Ushi Mullins staying put. So, like, God, like, <laughs> we probably don't want to get, get too uh, preempting things. But, look, could this be Mayo's year? Could they really strike a chance for the All-Ireland once again? We know for a fact they'll probably be at the latter end of it again. Um, so, this could be the year, potentially, potentially Mayo get over the line. Who knows, obviously, with Dublin regressing and the other counties having to sort themselves out. So, Mayo, in fairness to them, they keep coming back with new ideas, keep coming back with new players. Oshie Mullins, the input, is a huge addition to them. Um, and I just think that game yesterday, the conditions... Everything that goes with it, maybe it might be okay this weekend. But conditions, obviously, is a huge part to play in football. But I just don't think they'll read a whole pile into that result yesterday. Rob Henley's kick at the end to equalise it for them. Yeah, look, I suppose it's just a bit of a run out for them more than anything against probably a lacklustre against a lacklustre Donegal team. But yeah, you really do have to hand it to Mayo because they just keep coming back. Um, seen an article there a couple of days ago with Aidan O'Shea's involved with the team. You know, is he going to come off the bench? Are they going to start him? So that perspective will be interesting. But uh, a big, big thing for me always if they can get Mr. O'Connor fit again this year. But God, they'll be back once again. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose next time Mayo are involved anyway, uh, next week away at Monaghan. Anyway, hopefully we can hopefully we can see the game you know, a little bit more. And it isn't like we're looking through, I don't know, a Dublin bus window or something or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like hopefully hopefully we get to see them in, in action a bit more because it was, it was a hard watch at, at times in the first half. And you can't yeah. really blame TG Cahar at all. Don't think it was their fault. In any way whatsoever, it just it just so happened to be the conditions way to where the way they were, you know. Yeah, no, I think TJ Carr put up uh, put up uh, put up a picture or a tweet yesterday mm. saying we were we were asking the man above uh, can he settle the weather down. That a smart <laughs> response, fair play to him because I think uh, Mr. James O'Donoghue who's he's, he's crawled out of the deadwood the last couple of a couple of weeks. I think he's off off the ball pundit now. He was tweeting saying. Um, 
oh yeah, like get, get the camera sorted and all, but I, I'd like to see Mr. O'Donoghue standing up on top of the podium and pissing rain and wind and trying to get cameras uh, dry, Aaron. But uh, yeah, look at, in fairness, TG Carr, fantastic coverage by God. They're, they're at everything and the coverage is second to none. So look, at they'll get, they'll get their house in order this weekend, no doubt. 100%, yeah. Kildare Kerry, that was uh, another game as well that sprung up a bit of a surprise in, in, in some respects. Like, you know, I think a lot of people have Kerry as all Ireland favourites and and maybe as the team to go and win the league and considering how strong that they were um, or how strong they went in the, in the McGrath Cup and how well they performed I think a lot of people were, were expecting Kerry to probably win this one quite comfortably but there was a comment coming up up there earlier I'll get it on the screen there now in a minute but you have to give a lot of credit to Kildare here because they made life very very difficult for Kerry and that sort of I felt like under Jack O'Connor Kildare were a little bit soft at times like even when Dublin played them in that Leinster final last year, it was very, very comfortable. There wasn't much, you know, fight or, or spirit really there. And I feel like now under Glenn Ryan, mm. Anthony Rainbow, Johnny Doyle, all these guys coming in, there's a real sort of connection between the management, the fans and the team. And you could really feel that in this game because, um, you know, this this is one of them games I would have loved to have been at because the atmosphere looks second to none. Mm, definitely Aaron I suppose look no better men to have involved because I think Paul Galvin's been added in the last couple of weeks uh, Anthony Rainbow Johnny Doyle Glenn Ryan like Jesus you know no no better men to have involved Aaron like Jesus like they, they bleed Kildare GEA so like you, you, there has to be that passion something has to give up in Kildare because Kildare have always had fantastic footballers Daniel Flynn is just you know he, he's just a sensational player if he gets going in fairness um, I, I obviously only, only see the highlights of the game, but no, it looked like a very good performance by Kildare to kind of probably keep Kerry at bay for large extents of the game. But obviously David Clifford um, had, had quite a good game too. But no, it was a real kind of workmanlike performance from Kildare. Um, kind of just having that confidence within the players. And Jesus, like that, the management team that's there, like any lad worth his salt within Kildare you know, this year, he'd be mad chomping at the bit to play because that is the best about Paul Galvin coming in, you know, you could learn so much of him. So I think, you know, the sky probably is the limit for Kildare if they can just get, you know, the plans in place. It looks like there's a big push on this year. We're getting obviously Glenn Ryan, Anthony Rainbow, Johnny Doyle, Paul Galvin all aboard. I don't know how they managed to get Paul Galvin up. That's an absolutely brilliant coup. Um, did Paul Galvin have a bit of a say in that result um, at the weekend? Did he have a, kind of a few uh, hints and uh, tricks to give to the Kildare lads to draw against probably the second or first best team in Ireland at the minute? So it was a sensational result. Um, I think it'll be absolutely vital for Kildare to kind of make Newbridge a real uh, kind of fortress for them. I think it, they'll really need to cash in there because obviously for survival in Division 1, so they'll need to make Newbridge an absolute, just a hunting ground for other teams. So, yeah, a good result, a good result for the, the uh, Kildare men. And then obviously from, you know, from the Kildare, Kerry point of view, Jack O'Connor's first league game, he's back. Um, the reception was obviously going to be interesting. We touched on that my podcast last week. Um, it was it was interesting to see what kind of reception he was going to get. It looked fairly heated, but that's as expected for the circumstances he kind of got himself into. Um, but Kerry, again, like probably Donegal Mayo, will they read much into that game? Yes, I'm not sure. Was O'Connor looking for the perfect start? Or maybe they'll get, get a few lads' um, legs um, or feet, or sorry, minutes uh, on board. But in fairness, by all accounts, Dave Clifford's, uh, showed very well, done good, Paddy Clifford. So, you know, not a bad uh, day out for day out for Kerry, but I think you know this Saturday night against Dubs, it's going to be very telling there. Yeah, and interesting enough, Kildare go away to Donegal next weekend, and you know, looking at Kildare's performance against Kerry, I mean, it'd be tough for them going away to Donegal, but I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Like if, if Kildare could pull off a, a scalp there against Donegal, you all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're thinking, you know, 
and and Armagh playing Tyrone, like Tyrone probably we'll get onto them in a moment. Maybe don't have all. Well, they had some some of their players back at the weekend, but probably not at the the same level as the All Ireland just yet. You know, but I mean, like there's a comment coming in there from Sir Klopp, and it very much um I suppose goes on goes on line with what I was saying. Division one is going to be a lot more competitive than I predicted. A lot more draws yet to come. Some big teams could be pulled into a re- into a relegation battle towards week five yeah. six. So. You know, it, it's going to be really, really open. And, and looking at that Kildare Tony Gall game next weekend, that might answer a lot of those questions. Definitely, Aaron. Definitely, I think it'll be a really, really exciting league as well. Um, I think the results from the weekend got in, got in really does release the cat amongst the pigeons. And I think you know, obviously, Armagh's great win against the Dubs, the draws we had. Jesus, a lot of draws over the weekend. God, if you're a tipster at all, you would have made some money. But um, no, it's it, it, like that. Really does go to show that we're in for an exciting league after all these years. Thank God, it'd be brilliant. Um, league, in fairness, it's a it's a terrific format. It's a terrific competition. Maybe the championship could maybe uh, look at having that format. But no, I think you know it really will be telling this year. And um, I think that yesterday. You know, teams will be competitive, but it just depends how much managements and players can want to get out of the league. Like, do you blood young lads still? Do you give lads runs? Like, how much preparation goes in before the championship? So it'll be will be very interesting. Um, you know, can obviously teams when we get the get a scalp against the dubs in the league, you know, put it up to the likes of Kerry of this world. So it's great preparation for the championship, Aaron. And I think, you know, at this time of year, you really want to see who you have and, you know, what players are going to deliver the goods for you this year. So I think we're in for a very exciting league campaign. Don't get me wrong, the quality of the games yesterday were, you know, piss poor, let's put it, let's let's be honest about it. Like very low score and kind of poor games. Conditions had a big say in that too. But hopefully uh, this weekend, um, you know, it'll, it'll light a fire amongst a lot of teams' uh, bellies. So, uh, yeah, just it, it'll be a great league campaign. And I think Kildare and uh, Kerry, Again, that that result yesterday in Calero probably will be delighted with. Yeah, and Sharon Hegarty says there is David Moore and retired, and he he's injured. Injured. He was injured. Yeah, he was injured in a in a club in the club final there. I'm pretty sure. Um. So yeah, he he was unavailable. We should be back in a, a couple of weeks, from what I know. Anyway, I think it was a groin injury or something like that, from what I heard. And obviously, Stefan Ockenbor was injured at the weekend as well. So. Like I think that is one thing to put in perspective for Kerry as well. They probably were, you know, they're without, you know, they were missing some of their best midfielders there as well. Jack Barry was playing at the weekend as well, um, and you know, for for Kerry in one of the club games. So I mean, still a lot of players to come back there from a Kerry point of view. So not, you know, you, you don't put you don't push the panic button just yet, anyways. No, no, definitely not. Look, Aaron, let's. Let's be honest about it. Like, yeah, no, obviously, like you know, people have different kind of saves in the league, but I think, like, let's put, let's call it spade a spade here. Aaron. You know, Jack O'Connor is there to win an All Ireland. Yeah, he's not there to win a, Nas- a Division One National League title by any stretch of the means. If he wins it, grand bonus territory. If he wins the most title, fair enough. Jack O'Connor is there to win an All Ireland title. He's not going to show his full deck of cards. Will he show his full deck of cards against Dublin this weekend? I'm not sure. Is there a couple of lads maybe to still come back in? They look fairly flying by all accounts. Obviously, David uh, Clifford will have a big say in the game this weekend. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of shallow bo- shallow boxing probably happened over the weekend. A lot of managers still kind of holding a lot of cards close to their chest. But uh, you know, let's be real, Aaron. It's an all Aaron or nothing carry, and that's that's the way they're uh, that's the way they're cooked crumbles. Yeah, we'll touch on Tyrone and Monaghan briefly. I mean, there really wasn't a lot, a lot to speak about in this game. wasn't particularly brilliant. Nine points a piece, piece in the end. Like, and um, like I suppose for Monaghan, like I feel like they kind of let this one go, go from them. I feel like they had Tyrone there. They, they could have won. They could have lost the game as well with the decision at the end, which was kind of crazy. But I mean, they had the opportunities, they had goal chances, a couple of uncharacteristic wides as well, and. 
obviously Conor McManus didn't start, he came off the bench, but I do feel like Tyrone were there for the taking uh, in this game, and I feel like Tyrone will probably look back as the happier of the two teams, because I do think Monaghan probably should have won this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like again, low scoring game, and it just, it just seems to be with Division One, like are a lot of teams maybe kind of preparing for the championship and are they going to take mm-hmm. the league seriously? Because you know that last night, and I know again it's like the buzzword over the weekend, but was the conditions probably had a, a, like a big say in that game? Blush tree, wet, windy, because yeah, yesterday really was a disaster for football. But that's a low scoring game. Two good football and counties, you know, they, they've really kind of opened up their game in the last couple of years. But I suppose the age old thing with Monaghan, you know, Conor McManus. You know, similar to running goal with Michael Murphy, you know, who's going to replace that man when he retires? And I think that could be very shortly the way McManus has been talking the last couple of days about his body and injury. So I think that could be sooner rather than later. But again, low scoring, probably not much to talk about in this game. You know, from Tyrone's point of view, poor McKenna Cup campaign, Brian Dewar, Fergal Logan, they'll not be happy to, with the start uh, this year so far. Um, they would have been looking for a win last night. They didn't get it. Back to John Board for them once again against Armagh. Armagh could put them put one over to put put, put one over uh, Tyrone this this weekend. So it's just it's so hard to know, Aaron, because they can with a lot of teams in Division One, they could realistically be looking at an All Ireland this year and obviously win the provinces. So it's so hard to know are a lot of these teams going to take the league seriously. And now that might kind of pay like you know that might be bad from a spectator point of view because it could be bad games. There could be scorelines like we seen yesterday. So both teams there, I think, you know, Banty probably would have been looking for a win, especially after winning the McKenna Cup uh, the week before. But yeah, Jesus, Aaron, I thank God I missed that game as well because uh, it didn't look like it was missing the whole pile. Yeah, now probably the only bit of excitement really was when Rory Began decided to play up a full forward and got on the end of a brilliant pass and just slotted it over the bar as calm as you like, as cool as you like. It was sort of bizarre. Like, I think the only reason why he got the ball was because he ran all the way up there. And I think if you weren't going to give him the ball in, in that instance, you, you know, he probably would have went mental considering how far up the pitch yeah. he ran. But um, yeah. that was that was kind of mental as well. And, um, you know, I suppose Rory Began, he's some man for the fly keeper anyways. Yeah, yeah, great to see that. And I suppose, look, at Began getting mad in the match probably tells all about that game. Uh, maybe he had to be called into action a lot. But again, yeah, look, in fairness to Rory Began, he's drunk Monaghan out of the well a lot of times. and He's doing well, but God, yeah, 9-9 inter-county football, 70-plus minutes of action. Yeah, back to John Board for both teams. But again, you know, we have to be realistic. Brian Dewar, Fergal Logan, they won't like that result yesterday. Are they taking the league seriously? Is it going to be shadow boxing? They started a very strong team after winning the All-Ireland last year. Poor McKenna Cup. Tyrone always put a big emphasis on the McKenna Cup. Didn't do well in it. Bad start um, yesterday, realistically. I know points, you know, better than nothing, but they'll be going for this weekend and I'm looking forward to that Armagh game. Yeah, and Sharon Hegarty was saying there as well, Joe McQuillan decisions were poor and I suppose poor Joe getting in the getting in the headlines for the wrong reason. Not the, yeah. not the first time, unfortunately. And, yeah, it was it was a, bar, a bizarre decision really at the end not to uh, award that point for Tyrone because it was over the bar really before there was any contact at all on on Rory Began. So, like, I do think Monaghan were the better team generally, like even though they weren't particularly great either. But Tyrone probably should have won the game. Mm-hmm. Again, I must kind of kick it. Watch, watch a lot of it back because I probably didn't really. I obviously watched League Sunday yesterday, so probably like I know they didn't show much highlights and. Jesus, uh, it was on till stupid o'clock last night. I don't know what they're at with there. Because Jesus, maybe we can probably for another day's talk. But League Sunday, the format. I think they started off the goal with Mead game, and that was yeah, in Division yeah. Two. That was just very bizarre. The double arm game was near the end, and then they showed a bit mm. of the Cav game at the very, very end. So just 
uh, I don't know, maybe they're a bit of a rethink of the Sunday game, but geez, we're talking about that years at this stage. But again, yeah, Joe McQuillan, um, yeah, I know he's a fellow Calverman, but Jesus, yeah, his reputation's very dodgy. Uh, Aaron, a, a, lot, a lot of people maybe say he's a club referee, maybe at best, but he keeps getting these big games and, um, I don't know, he might have to go or do a few uh, courses maybe online, Aaron, or something, get it better himself. Yeah, and I suppose we were touching on the Division 2 games there as well. Like, obviously, a lot of these games, unfortunately, weren't on, uh, weren't available to be streamed, so we were relying on the Allianz League Sunday, I suppose, for their, you know, five to ten minute, I suppose, coverage of, of each division outside Division 1. But um, it was Galway <laughs> one fourteen, made six points, and... Um, I mean, I suppose the, ma- the main talking point I got from this was Mead not scoring for, for 45 minutes, which is kind of incredible. But for Galway, from what I heard anyways, they were back to sort of the pre-pandemic Galway under Paul Rick Joyce. Yeah. It, was, it was back to that kind of display. And, and I think playing in Division 2 might actually help them because, mm. you know, they'll, they'll play a couple of teams, they'll build up a bit of confidence and they might be able to go on a bit of a winning run, which really has been lacking for Galway in the last couple of years. Ah, yeah, look, in fairness, you kind of have to take the positives from every situation. But I think with Galway Division 2 this year, um, you know, they can build blocks, they can kind of get a bit of momentum back and maybe kind of get up to that standard that Division 1 is. Um, I think Port Joyce will be looking for a massive response. Keane O'Neill involved there. Uh, Poor Divley, is it John Divley, is, is involved as well. So they're two serious men to have on board. So he'll be looking for a massive response to have the footballers always did. Is Comer fit? I'm not sure. Uh, Shane Watts played well at the weekend but yeah Andy McAtee apparently done no interviews after the game tick as a bull not happy of course he's not mm. going to be happy with six points not scoring after 45 minutes back to drawing board for Mead um, it, it was just a remarkably bad performance by them like, and let's not sugarcoat it I don't know where they're really going with that that's Division 2 Mead would want to look for a good start in that game and Jesus beggar's belief um, not to score after 45 minutes. I, I, Jesus, I don't know how you can set up a team like that or what goes wrong. I do not know. And it's not like Galway park the bus. It's not like Galway sit men in front of your main men. So I think you'd be very, very disappointed with that. And um, Andy McAtee, I think he just got just about got in for the year ahead. Um, regarding that decision, decision, you know, the county board must have came up with something and he taught themselves, right, is he the right man to take us forward? Does he, you know, does the players want to play for him? It didn't look like they wanted to play for him yesterday. Mm. Yeah, and I was just having a look there. Like Shane Walsh with eight points, very, very impressive without doubt. Like Robert Frinsey with with two points on the day. But as you were touching on it from a from a Mead point of view there as well, like a, I know like a few people will say, well, it's the first game and there's still a long way to go. But all the games matter, all the games count. You know, it's the, the same amount of points for a win on match day five as it is on match day one. So, mm. you know, and with tier two coming in as well, with Tolchian Cup, you know, and you have a lot of very good teams there in division two as well. Like I know. We'll get onto Offaly and Down in particular. It'll probably look like the two maybe obvious contenders to go down. But like from a Mead point of view, like this isn't the first time as well under Andy McEntee they've had a massively underwhelming performance like this before against the Dubs and multiple Leinster finals, really. Even last year in the first half as well, it took them a long time to get going. Mm. Think of the Kildare game last year in the league as well. They do seem to have massive inconsistencies. And like I do think Andy McEntee should be praised for bringing through young players and being a part of the changes, getting them up to Division 1. But it's hard to know if it's working at this point now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that seems to be the elephant in the room. And I think if he just about got got in this year as well, I think that can be quite mm. telling. I know he did fight his case to 
lead the meet, meet senior footballers ahead this year, but I think it, it just doesn't bode too well. And I suppose when you hear from the camp that he didn't want to do interviews after the game, and don't get me wrong, a bad day at the office for me football, but you don't can you don't carry yourself as an intercounty manager after that. You don't shy away from the media. The scoreline doesn't lie. You know, paper. You know, pen. Paper doesn't refuse ink. You know, this is always going to be up in the headlines. There's no point turning away from the media. I think that was quite ignorant by him. I, I, I just wouldn't be in favour of that. And many people would. He's the he's the manager of your intercounty team, so. You know, if you're hearing that kind of things from the camp, that's not great. You know, is the buy-in there with me at the minute? You know, again, is there many kind of players coming through for them? And as you said, there is that kind of inconsistency. I know that a very good second half against you in the Leicester Championship last year, but, you know, can they turn that into a 70-minute performance, a 50-60-minute performance? In Inter-County, you can't just expect to play well in one half and, you know, do well for the rest of the year kind of thing. So a lot of work needs to be done up in me, but, you know, from from Galway's point of view, Shane Wall scoring what eight points? That's very encouraging signs, um, and I really do think the right men are in place uh, for Galway this year because Keane O'Neill, John Dimley, and uh, Park Joyce, three great men to have at your helm, and uh, all the lads will be chomping at the bit this year. I'd imagine and again, Galway the has been a very good uh, football and county play, a lovely brand of football. Can they get back to the form of pre-COVID from twenty twenty? Wait to see, but that's a very good result yesterday. Yeah, and Sharon Hegarty says there Mead could beat Dublin this year. I don't know if that's a wind up or what the fact is. <laughs> Steady on a bit there now. Like I think I think Mead needs to start winning a couple of Division Two games really before. <laughs> Well, who knows? We'll probably be in the same division next year by the looks of things. So maybe we'll get to, we'll get two meetings maybe next year. But um, Jesus. Moving on, Derry and down. Derry one ten down six points. I've seen some of this game on uh, obviously on. The, Allianz League Sunday and watch some of it on um on GA Go this morning as well. Some of the game Allianz, like Allianz like League. Uh, sorry yeah. on the side note, Aaron. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, but our Allianz League Sunday's coverage is just <laughs> you're just not inspired by it. And like I know Oshin McConville, like I just and I was saying to a fellow how how Oshin's getting all the time because I see him on Irish Examiner podcast, see him the second captains and see how he's getting the time to talk about it. It just goes to show there's not many good pundits probably around these days. I really lack off, but you just wouldn't be inspired watching Allianz League Sunday at all uh, to can prove it. But maybe that we can we can analyze the League Sunday probably in another podcast. But um, you're you're saying before I put it in there. Yeah, just in regards to Derry and Down, I mean there probably isn't really too much to speak about here. Like we'll we'll fly through some of the the results really from Division Two and Division Three and Division Four. But I mean for, in terms of this game, from what I've seen anyway, I watched the first half. I haven't watched the second half. I don't think Derry were anywhere near their best, but I don't think Down really offered much at all. Like two points yeah. in the second half. You know, whole host of changes in their team, and and yeah, you just be you'd be worried for down at this point, but a good result for Derry. You would be worried for down, and I suppose obviously lacking the Kiku men, but you can't. As a county, you can't just kind of keep relying on your clubs. And like in fairness, like the Kiku commitment and the journey that they're on in an All Ireland club final now, well, a lot of lads want to go back to that. Like that's just six points in seventy minutes of football, Ireland. It's just not good enough. Like I know James McCartan's came out, it came in there again, you know, two thousand and ten um, All Ireland finalist manager. You know, great to see him back, but I just don't think he's a whole pile to work with. I know Kayla Mooney is still fighting the cause, but you have a lot of lads opting out of the down team, probably like Calvin to a degree. Just maybe you know. Football in my county, fantastic tradition, Aaron, but just doesn't seem to be getting the players on place. I think McCarthy has a huge job in his hands there. Um, I think Kevin McGarty, um, our, our fellow JMAC podcast pundit with myself and yourself, he was just saying that, like, with down, there's not much coming up from the underage, really lacking there. And I like, that you, you build serious blocks with underage, so I think down are going to struggle this year. Could even be looking at re- relegation. Um, so that's a very poor result. But again, look at Rory Gallagher, Derry. 
they'll be absolutely delighted. Um, it's going to be potentially a massive year for them. Shane McGuigan, by all accounts, had a great game. Probably a lot going into this their year. They had a great year last year. So, look, they'll be happy with that. Will they learn much from that game against a poor down team? I'm not sure. 110, 70 minutes of football. It's it's not bad innings. Probably, again, poor conditions. But, yeah, Jesus, Aaron, not a game for the ages, really, when you think about it. Yeah, and the two other games in uh, in Division 2 as well. Roscommon won 13, Cork 10 points, and then you had Clare one thirteen, Offaly 7 points. So I suppose, first of all, touching on Roscommon there, like a, a good win for them over a Cork team that hard to judge Cork really. Like I've seen a lot of people probably dishing out maybe a little bit of unfair criticism in some ways. Like they were missing a whole host of players really. I know Roscommon were missing a few players as well, but I think Cork were probably missing more players really in terms of Ian McGuire, Brian Hayes, possibly Stephen Sherlock maybe to come in there as well. But in terms of Roscommon, great result for them, great win for them. And mm. I suppose their their season from Division 1 and Division 2 might be set to continue this year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I suppose that is a good result at the weekend. But it just kind of keeps bringing it back to the point, like where or what is Cork football at for the population, the size of the county, you know, they've everything in place and they still can't produce goods. I know, obviously, they're missing a few St. Finbar's lads, but look at, you know, they really should have been looking at the result there. I know we're commoners trying to build blocks uh, under Anthony Cunningham. I know Stevie Poach left the panel, but it's a good result. Um, obviously, Venda Smith don't like Russ Common. I've said this numerous times, but Russ Common are blessed with forwards and other counties wouldn't have the privilege. Like, you know, when you wait up for Russ Common, the Smith brothers, the Morton brothers, Connor Cox. If they could try to get them men on the same field together, my God, you're probably looking at one of the best uh, full forward, half forward lines in the country. Um, good result for them at the weekend. High enough scoring, not a bad game of ball. Uh, Cork point of view, I think they will be disappointed with that. I know Keith Rickens gone in there. You know, he, he obviously talks a good talk. You know, can he walk the walk? I suppose is the big uh, general consensus for Rickens at the minute with Cork. But um, big work to do there to kind of get them back up to the top level. It's funny, you know, Cork's 2010 All-Ireland win, I was talking to Daniel Gould a couple of months ago, it just seemed to just faded and faded away after 2010 and couldn't get back in the wagon at all. So, God, to be basically in the wilderness for, what, the last 11 to 12 years, Cork football, absolute madness, and that resulted the weekend. Very bad. Yeah, like, and even looking at the Roscommon team as well, like, it was a fairly you know, it was almost like a, a flash from the past, like looking at Alton Harney in there and, and Tony Smith to like scoring scoring seven points uh, and the Smith with one two as well. And GA Statsman there who's been on the uh, on the show a good couple of times. He says Mark Collins apparently left oh, the panel right. now. Relegation looming for Cork, in my opinion. Not experienced enough just yet. Needed Collins, Michael Hurley and Kevin Crowley this season badly. So you know that's a, a passionate Cork fan is Annie there. So I mean I mean, I mean, change the tune quickly there, but I mean, Cork could Cork could maybe find them because, like Clare, we'll touch on them. Like, I mean, a great win over Offaly and Clare are very. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't reckon Clare will get relegated. In my opinion, I think they've they've far too much experience throughout this division and quality and the likes of Owen Cleary, Tuberty as well, and possibly could find themselves in a promotion race. But hmm. um, in terms of Cork, though, I mean. You would be worried. Big butter, big you know. butter, yeah. yeah. Like they're not, they're not like Jesus. Like even when you look back in the likes of 08 or 9, 2010, when they're just putting it up to carry. I know obviously the bet carry out of Cantor there back in twenty twenty, last minute goal, but they're so far away from Kerry. It's frightening. Kerry obviously hammered them in the most final last year. They're miles behind them, miles behind them, and we always keep saying this: the population. What the hell is going on up there, Aaron? Like, and we've seen the run Finbar's had the All Ireland semi final on Saturday. They came close to a very good Kiku team. It's just beggar's belief and Keith Rickon has a huge job in his hands because Cork football shouldn't be there. They don't want to be there. 
but as um, as matches after saying that there's lads opting out, there's no real buy-in, there's obviously problems for our field, but it just beggars belief that they've just been in the wilderness for so long, Aaron. It just doesn't make a whole pile of sense. Yeah, and X1 says there, Offaly were five points to one point up at one time during the Clare match. And yeah, I remember keeping an eye on the scoreline on the, on the score BO app, and I was definitely thinking maybe Offaly might be able to pull off the, the surprise win there, but Clare come back and, and obviously won the game quite comfortably in the end. Just running through some of the Division 3 scores, and I suppose in particular, really, like obviously we were touching on Allianz League Sunday, and they were asked any big results or big scorelines, and the fact that they just ignored Antrim's, you know, demolishing really of Fermanagh, like such an experienced team in Division 3 and Fermanagh, a team that was in Division 2 not too long ago. This was a big win for Antrim, like to go there, to go to Brewster Park and beat them as convincingly as they did by nine points. Like, um, obviously none of us seen the game, but in terms of the result, big one for Antrim. Massive uh, result for Antrim. I tipped Fermanagh for that particular game. I thought Fermanagh were going to get off to a good start, but again, mm. The end of McGinley factor, it's absolutely huge for Antrim. Uh, we've seen, obviously, Mike McCann still buying in, 36 years of age, and the only man that's really left the Antrim panel is Paddy Cunningham, and you know his day was always going to come, so it's a serious result for Antrim. Bad start for Fermanagh. I know, obviously, Fermanagh, they will be very disappointed with that because that's home. You know, Bristol Park is an absolute fortress. I know, Jesus, they, they, they obviously did make it to fortress, uh, obviously getting over the line against us last year. But, no, that's not a great start for Kieran Donnelly down in Fermanagh. Antrim can take great spear from that. They're up from Division 4. Fair play to them. They're building blocks. And I think, you know, Enda McGinley does deserve huge praise. I know Steve, Steve O'Neill is uh, down there giving him a hand as well. So, you know, you're going to learn so much of Steve. He's one of the best sports to ever play the game. So, fair play to Antrim because I definitely tipped for man in that game. And Saffron's, you know, they could be on the rise. Obviously, you know, um, they're playing ourselves in Ulster in the first round. So that'll be an interesting game. So, uh, no, it's a serious result against all odds, Aaron, because, Jesus, I definitely did not feel... I, I definitely thought that was a Fermanagh or two-pointer, um, you know, especially home, Brewster Park. And, uh, yeah, I think Fermanagh, you know, Division 3, will will this solidify it? Will they stay put? It's hard to know if they keep kind of performing like that. Obviously not. But Antrim, fair play to them, because, God, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, me, me neither. Like, and they had nine different scores in total on the day, like, which was uh, like very impressive, I suppose, from from an Antrim point of view. And yeah, Division Three is extremely hard to call because even all the other games, you know, you had one point victories, two point victories, and Westmead against Wicklow, like Westmead winning that one sixteen to two eight, was keeping an eye on the Scorpio app on this as well. And at one stage, I thought Wicklow might be able to pull off the shock here and pull off the big win. Like, they'll be happy enough with their performance going up against, but you know one of the favourites really for promotion but in the end I suppose Westmead's experience maybe just got the job done mm-hmm, definitely definitely I think with you know with West, Westmead they probably are a division 2 team like and I think the, the quality of player they have and like I was talking to Ray Canellan just before Christmas there and he's an absolutely fantastic player they've um, John Heslin up front like Westmead are gifted gifted footballers and I think they could even be looking at a promotion hunt this year because that's a good result against a uh, Wicklow team minus Shawnee Furlong. Uh, obviously, um, I think he, he he called it a day during the week last or last week. So he's, a, he's going to be a huge loss to Wicklow men. I think his last game was actually against us. And he sank us. So goes to show how good he he was and is. But yeah, good result for um, Westmead. And obviously, they, they'll be they'll be happy with that. It's a good start as expected. Uh, they were obviously probably always going to be Wicklow. Um, can Westmead, you know, look for the promotion hunt? We'll we'll just have to wait and see. I suppose. From a Westmead point of view, you'll be putting a lot of emphasis in the league. Probably not looking at a Leinster Championship really this year again. Obviously, Dublin, I think, obviously, if they get their house in order come Championship, they'll be winning it again, no doubt. But good result. High-scoring game. Great to see because the last few games, God, where the hell was the scores? You know, 70 minutes of football, 116-2-8. to 
it's it's good going. A very, very high scoring game. Jeez, I don't know why you probably should have been tuning into it. Look like a great game. But yeah, good mm. start from a good start for Westmead. And uh yeah, they'll take a lot of credit for that one. Yeah, and Sir Klopp says there, could we see Antrim versus Dublin next year and in division <laughs> two? I mean, I, sure look, it'd be a good good trip away for, for Dublin fans. I I, I don't know. I, a long time since we played Antrim anyway. I don't know if maybe we ever oh, had a football. Yeah, maybe 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 a stats buff down in the in the comments down below, or a clever person, more clever than us, can let us know if Dublin and, and Antrim have played each other at some stage in football. Obviously, they have plenty of times in hurling, but not in uh, not in the football, anyways. But um, the other two results, we'll just run through them quickly in uh, in Division Three. Like two cracking games by the looks of it. Loud one ten, Leash three nine, uh, Leash getting the the win there, like big uh, away win there for for Billy Sheehan's men, and then Limerick four nine, Longford. One eleven, so a big result there from a, from a Limerick point of view. Any thoughts on them two games? Yeah, I think you were kind of saying you know, a loud promotion hunt, like, and I was just kind of thinking, I'm mm. not sure because I, I just don't think I know Samuel Ray is an absolutely brilliant player and leading the charge of Kieran Byrne as well, but I'm not sure with loud this year. I know Mickey Hart, you know, to do the right men in place, but I think he's a bit of work to do still there, and you know, I think you know loud, you know. It was an only surprise. Billy Sheehan kind of getting the result there, and Leash have always had good, good footballers, but it's just building that consistency that they've never really had over the years. And Sheehan will hopefully get them get them in place. Ross Munley, fair play to him coming on. I think we touched on the podcast before. This must be his what 17, 18 year representing Leash. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, so fair play to him coming back. But probably a standard victory for Leash. Um, regarding Loud, I just again I don't really see much for them in this league. I think they probably are a Division Four standard team now. It just uh, Mickey Hart, I, I think I think he um, I think he's a lot of work to do with them uh, group of players that could be looking at relegation potentially because I can't really see Loud really putting one over the likes of Longford Limerick if both of them teams can have their house in order. But um, we wait and see Limerick Limerick Longford. Um, yeah, obviously good a good result. I would have tipped Longford for that particular game, and obviously uh, Longford, Longford's under the new management of um, who is it? Uh, Billy O'Loughlin, I think, and then Mickey Han and Paul Brady's given a hand there too. So. Not, not again another high scoring game. God, it looked like a brilliant game of football. Uh, the Leeds Islanders be absolutely delighted with that. Um, so yeah, no Division Three high scoring games. I'm just a, uh, just a disaster. I didn't get much more of them. Yeah, we we had an answer to that question already. Last time Dublin and Antrim played was 1956. So <laughs> we're we're going a long way back there anyway. Plenty a little bit before our time, anyways. I love your profile picture. Is the next one? Who's that? Who's that? I think that's some comedy sketch, is it? Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Yeah, you always, you always have to watch them. You know, they try to catch you out with a dodgy name or something like that. You have, you have to be <laughs> careful. But I think that one's okay, anyways. But um, but yeah, no. As you were saying about loud, like I mean, it's a hard one really to know with with, with division three. Like I think there's a lot of teams really sort of around the same level, and I think even seeing yeah. that by some of the the score lines. Like Longford well, Limerick, they'd be very similar, like to be. Mm. Mm. Two teams trying to make that break, but God, like you know, Limerick, what Munster, Longford's Leinster. So I think a lot of these teams kind of are going to put a lot of emphasis in the league, and then whatever happens in the championships is just going to be a bonus. But yeah, um, just high scoring games are great to see, like yeah, and probably the story of the weekend. And I didn't really think we'd uh, we'd lead with Division Four spe- speaking about this game, but I mean, Carlo one thirteen, London two eleven. There were ten points down at the start of second half. An extraordinary turnaround, really. Like their, their first competitive game in in two years, and um, like I seen there, Liam Gavahan. Hopefully, I got that name right. Was in the the team of the week there. So I mean, that's a huge achievement for himself. Huge achievement for London. One three, and you know, London, London up in the promotion places at the minute. 
definitely are. Great result. Absolutely delighted for them. Fair play to them. Um, serious scoreline, especially against this Carlo rising team with the last couple of years. But they'll be delighted with that. And I think Michael Maher, I think Lorcan Mully from Cavan is uh, giving the lads a hand there. And you know, London, it wouldn't have been easy for them not playing a game of football in what two years. You know, the COVID kind of ruined their momentum. Fair play to them. A serious, serious result. A massive shout out to Michael and the lads. Um, obviously kind of getting lads on board, getting lads commitment. I was talking to Michael Maher last year and he was kind of saying like, you know, get like your lads about opting out and, you know, the commitment of all the GA at the minute in London over the years have been lucky to kind of get a panel of 15 to 20 players. So that is an absolutely huge um, victory for London. Fair play to them. We'll kind of put football more on the map now for London. Lads kind of buying in and wanting to... Um, Play for the London Senior Football so a, a fantastic result. Delighted for all involved there. Brilliant. Carlo, point of view, they'll obviously not like that. Home game for them. That was definitely going to be a two-pointer for them. A lot of, a lot of work to do. Scores, one thirteen, still a good scoreline. 2-11 from London. Like, geez, that's an absolute terrific scoreline really looking into it when you do only talk about it now. But um, yeah, Carlo, they'll be disappointed with that one, Aaron. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, it was a huge result, really, for, for London. And I, I did hear as well that they have four Kerry men in, in the team as well. So, I mean, plenty of um, plenty of good players in there as well. And, yeah, from a Carlo point of view, to let a 10-point lead slip early in the second half, you'd be wondering you'd be wondering where they're, they're at in all honesty. I know a few people have touched Carlo for, for promotion, and it is one of them. And, unfortunately, like, they've, they've had it. They've had a lot of them players really from that sort of Carlo Roizen era really gone and the man gone, management yeah. team is all gone. So I suppose for Carlo, it's probably it's probably looking like a few years now of Division 4 football really and, you know, really before they can uh, they can think about promotion. You know, obviously a bit of game still to go yet. We'll see what happens. But And obviously it's hard to really judge how good London are because we haven't seen them play. Um, but I suppose from a Carlo point of view, it doesn't, it doesn't make for good viewing. No, no, definitely not. And probably a disastrous start, really, because Jesus Christ, like, like, like even, even for ourselves, London, that's a two-pointer. Jesus, barring some absolute calamity. But again, fair play to the London lads. But I think, as you said, it could be a few years in the wilderness now for uh, Carlo. Because I think, obviously, as you were kind of saying, that Carlo rising the buzz back in, what, 2017, 18. Um, Daniel Sledger's gone since, Paul Broderick. So massive players, uh, Aaron. And, you know, when them type of lads leave a kind of county like Carlo, you're going to be, you know... You're going to be kind of clutching the straws and you're kind of looking at looking at look <laughs> London for Sound 25th. Very good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Carlo, I really probably would fear for them. And regarding promotion, I don't think, as you said, there is games to play, but Jesus, that is a disaster start. But fair play to London. Yeah, and as for your own county, I know you're at this game, obviously, Leitrim and Leitrim and Cavan. Leitrim, eight points, Cavan, 12 points. I mean, what, what can you tell us about this game? Oh God, Aaron. Uh, yeah, no. I suppose look at it. <laughs> God, it's took it's took a bit. It's took an hour to start talking about Cavs. It leaks on the last the last night. Yeah, look, Aaron. It, it, again, look, Aaron. I think it, it is. It is what it is. I think with a lot of these games, you kind of have to have that championship mentality and just kind of get in, get out, get the two points, and go home. And that's probably what we've done yesterday. I think the quality of the performances aren't going to really kind of come into factor for this league campaign, Aaron. We just need to get results and just get the hell out of Division 4. We should not be there. I said that to you last week. Um, good results. Paddy Lynch was uh, very good. Uh, kicked five lovely, lovely scores. I think he could be finally the forward captain we've been looking for the last couple of years. He kicked left foot, right foot. He's absolute quality when given the time and space. He was brilliant. Ray Galligan and Nets kicked some lovely points off the deck. So it was just a good performance. I think this was a couple of worrying factors. You know, Leitrim were kind of pumping high balls into the Cavan defence. We dealt with them okay, but for the Leitrim lads to kind of get that opportunity to just, 
you know, carefree balls in. So I think a better team probably punishes us. And I think, you know, Wexford could really be looking at looking at that for this Sunday. So, but yeah, a routine victory. You know, Andy Moran would have loved to put one over us. It just didn't happen. Leitrim, Emma Mulligan did come on. He must maybe not be fit, but he was definitely named amongst, amongst the subs. Conditions were horrendous, blustery, windy. You're kind of saying to yourself, why did you nearly bother? I think the couch, could have, couch in front of the fire might have been more appealing. But look at two points. We got out of there. Uh, thank God. It could have been a banana skin, as maybe we've seen during the week. I think league's a massive for Cavan this year, and uh, I think the referee men will be happy. Um, but again, the cup, the couple of little things, let, letting Leitrim kick high balls in. You know, Leitrim did miss a lot of chances near the end. So just little things like that can kind of polish the stuff up. We did move the ball fairly well. I think we can be very pleased with Ray Gallagher and Paddy Lynch's uh, performance. And uh, on to Wexford this Sunday, Breffney Park. Happy days, yeah. And I suppose from uh, from looking at Leitrim, do you think maybe they could ma- be making a, a stab a promotion or do you think maybe it's still a few years yet for, for Andy Moran's men? Yeah, I think a few years yet. I just think they're really, I know there is a lot of talk about the O'Rourke's and Rooney up front, but I just think, I know, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a day for the Forge yesterday, but I just think they're probably missing that bit of guile up front or that bit of cuteness kind of up top. Can that change? No better man to have Andy Moran in place, but I think it's it seems to be a bit of a project with Andy. No, no look, who knows how long he'll stick around for? Like, oh, God willing, he'll stick around for a couple of years. Um, if if the backing is there and right, but I think, yeah, I don't, I, I doubt it'll be this year. I know there's games we played. If Tipperary can probably, for want of a better phrase, get the finger out and really get their lads on board. I know we'll touch on that now in a couple of seconds with their um, result against Waterford, but it really should be Cavan and Tipperary. But I think it'll be a bit, bit more time for Legion because the really just weren't great yesterday. Very Division Four standard performance for them by them even and um yeah it's don't get me wrong we weren't great we just done enough probably to get over the line but yeah i think andy moore and uh it's a project and i don't think it'll just be lightening up just yet yeah and and, and sir klopp says they're cork versus london and division three next year and uh <laughs> ga statsman with ju- just the type of result boris needed to, to ease the pressure so maybe uh could be, could be having a, a party yet maybe in in cork next year maybe if it all if it all goes to plan we'll see what happens but um yeah you were mentioning there waterford and, and tipperary that was uh I, I tipped waterford to win the game in in my own podcast there on, on the preview show there the game day mm. preview but um i think it was more so out of probably just the fact that Tipperary just always have these inconsistent performances within yeah. them. And from what I heard, Connor Sweeney was shooting the lights out. He finished the day with seven points. Apparently he played top Holy class. Form. And, yeah. yeah, and it still wasn't enough to to overcome a Waterford team that I think many people would have expected Tipperary to be quite comfortably. Ah, oh, well, yeah, like I think that's probably a freak result. Yesterday in the start, the Tipperary did not want to guess. And look what happened. It's true against Waterford and... Yeah, I think it 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 is a huge year for Tipperary football. I think you know you know if they're like like ourselves really looking for gunning for promotion, that's not the start you want. Like God Almighty, if we drew with Leitrim yesterday, it would have been an absolute disaster. Leitrim would be off the same vintage as Waterford there, really. So poor result for Tipperary. Um, obviously, I know I, I know they are down tools. Brian Fox is gone. Uh, I think is that Mickey Quinlivan's took the year out. So I know they are huge losses. It's probably like probably Mickey Quinlivan going is probably like Tomas Gallagher or some of the boys uh, leaving the cabin panel. So um, yeah, bad result for Tipperary. They would have been looking to get out get out of the box straight away. But um, yeah, we'll ju- we'll just have to wait and see who comes in there. Oh, what does Sharon Hercules say about the camp? Uh, so shocking seeing Calvin win the Ultra Championship down. Yeah, Sharon, hundred percent, absolutely. Um, it's not where we want to be, but I think, as I said a couple of minutes ago, championship mentality towards every game: get in, get out. Performance nearly doesn't matter. Just get the two points, and if it's three or four points win, we just need to get out of there, Sharon. 
Yeah, and a big win for for Sligo as well, who um, who should get be able to get that up. Yeah, it was a good win in the end for Sligo by by two points over over Wexford in the end. And um, who knows, maybe Sligo could be it could be on a promotion push here. It's, it's yeah. hard to tell, really. Like, I mean, Wexford comfortably beat Sligo in the in the Shield game, I think, last year in the in the Division Four Shield. So uh, we were saying, obviously, in in your own podcast there when we were previewing the games, like we were talking about Wexford and saying. You know, it's hard to really know at Wexford because they, they, you feel like they, they have good players there, they have quality there, and they've always mm. produced good footballers. And they finished last year on a high, not not a huge high, but they finished on a, a bit of a moral victory, obviously, against the Dubs, and they beat Wicklow as well. But not meant to be, and a big win for Sligo. Yeah, yeah, good win for Sligo. And obviously, Tony McAtee, no better man to... Or is it John or Tony? I think it's a t- one of the, one of the McIntyre brothers. Thinks it's a Tony up there. So no, that's 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 obviously a good result for Sligo. Um, we'll be playing them now in a few weeks. Uh, there's some tasty footballers up at Sligo. Obviously, Pat Spillane's son has committed, so I wonder will he be okay for the Cavan game? Be interested to see Mister Spillane maybe take to the middle of the field against uh, Thomas Gallagher. That'll be a good battle. I still need to hear Daddy's opinions on that. I must actually, I think he did say the p- opinions on the RTE podcast last week. He must listen. But Wexford, um, look. I don't know what's going on up there. I know obviously Paul Galvin's been up there in recent years and Harlan is to the forefront. And I know Paul Galvin has kind of made comments about that, the situation up there. Matty Ford doesn't seem to want to have any interest there. So Wexford, again, a lot of lot to work to do, I think. And obviously, you know, is the right people in place to have the players. It's a poor enough result. I know we have them this Sunday. Hopefully a two-pointer two point, two for Cavan. It's home advantage for us as well. So we'd be looking for a win there. But um Poor result for Wexford, but yes, Ligo, as you know, they could be a dark horse this year. There could be potential promotion candidates. That's a good win, a good start away from home. So, yeah, a, a very good result, I must say. Yeah, and I suppose moving on to some of the, the club results then, obviously, from the, the weekend. Uh, obviously, I know you didn't see Kilku, St. Finbars, obviously, you were away watching uh, one of the Cavan Club games, but I suppose from a Kilku point of view, big win, um, 118 to, to 113, bit of madness at the end of. Uh, of normal time from from Aiden Brannigan, but um, and Kilku still able to play with fifteen men in extra time, which is quite baffling, really. But look, fair play to them; like they keep proving a lot of people wrong. You know, mm. some people saying are they overrated, are they this or they that, but they mm. showed enough in, against this Finbars team. And at the end of the first half, there was a period really where you thought Finbars have Kilku rattled, and and maybe they might be able to pull off the win. But Kilku uh, Kilku had enough in, in extra time to get the victory. Yeah, look, Aaron, I said this to you a couple of months ago, I think, when we were looking at all Ireland contenders, and I think I'm going to be proven right by this Kilku team. They're an absolutely fantastic bunch of players, and I think they do. They, they probably aren't getting the credit that they deserve, and I know a couple of lads we've been talking that they probably haven't given them, or maybe still don't believe in the hype train that is with Kilku, but no, they're a serious team. I keep referencing the fact Con Gilligan and uh, Mickey Moore along the line, that's serious men to have involved. Paul Devlin, Devlin is absolutely flying, the Brannigan brothers, and... Um, Absolutely fantastic players. The keeper seems like he's great crack, you know, a, a larger than life kind of character. So really good setup there. A great win. And they'll be delighted. And I know that just the, the stupid moment that happened at the end, giving away the when they're free to win the game and you know it go it goes against them. Was it the Brannigan? Was it which Brannigan that uh, Aiden Brannigan. Aiden Brannigan. So just moment of madness, just probably a brain fart. And look at every every walk of life that happens. And unfortunately, it happened to him there and then. But look at great result, especially after the extra time to have the legs to get it over the line. Obviously, Kaku are going to be very fit. You know, it's going to be a mouthwater in all Ireland final against uh, against Kilmacud now in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, they'll be delighted with that. Some Finbars, 
you know, obviously they'll they'll be very disappointed. I think that they really did believe in themselves uh, to win that game. A Cork team very dogged. Can they go back and maybe help the Cork senior footballers out now? Jeez, a bit of a miracle needed up there. So be interested. But yeah, they'll be disappointed. Great win for them. Um, but yeah, Kiku, the journey keeps going. They'll want to right the wrong of 2020 All Ireland final. They'll be mad to win it. The right men's a place. So uh, the sheep farmers keep marching on. Yeah, and in the other game, then he had Kilmico Croaks one eleven, Padraig Pierce's eight points. It was a very hard watch in the in the first half. Very slow game. You were kind of waiting for it to get going, but Kilmico Croaks like a lot of options coming off the bench as well. Like you've seen Keen O'Connor coming off the bench, Connor Casey as well, um, and even without Mannion, they're they're showing their steel really, and they're showing their quality all across the pitch. And mm. up, you know, Kilmico Croaks kill Q final. I think that was probably a final a lot of people might have expected really like around the start when you were kind of doing all the previews and whatnot but and and there it is croaks against Kilku in the final yeah great oh jeez i can't wait for that and it's just such a bloody pity it's not in some paddies there because god every tom dick mm. and harry be going up to that and i think kevin mcgurdy cj and the boys are talking to my podcast it's probably a disgrace that, that uh, it's been moved away from some paddies there because god the dog street would have been going to that game but it's unfortunate the way it's changed but yeah standard victory um again you know, poor enough quality. I think there was a bit of argy barge at half time, looked very dodgy. I had to love, I think I sent it to the group chat uh, at the weekend. Pat Flanagan showed him the kill McCoy. I think that's actually what started. <laughs> yeah. Did that start the round? Not sure. That round just looked absolutely ridiculous. But Flanagan just looks like a brilliant, brilliant character. Um, yeah, so fair play to him, just giving the Kilm Cud lad a nudge. But Kiku, or sorry, Kim Cud's great steal, Craig Dias was absolutely brilliant. Um, all these boys don't get the credit they deserve. Like even Rory O'Carroll, mm. Aaron, like Craig Dias had an absolutely brilliant game on Saturday night. He should take great pride in his performance. And then obviously we all know about how good O'Carroll is. Done so well without Mannion. Mannion, I think, is ruled out for the final. Uh, the Kilm Cud manager confirmed today, so that's going to be a huge loss. But uh, they trucked on well without him. Uh, Pork Pierce's didn't put up put much of a fight up. They can be proud of themselves getting that semi-final fair play to them. But uh, standard routine victory for Kim McCudd. We might have talked, I think you predicted the penalties in that game, but God, it didn't look like it was going to go that way at all. But Kim McCudd, fair play to them. Routine victory. And uh, I tell you what, Aaron, roll on that final. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Craig Diaz as well. Like, and I remember putting it out there before, like about him potentially coming back into the Dublin team. And I know he's, I think he's in his early 30s, maybe, or, or, or something around that, anyways. But I don't know. Like, if maybe he wouldn't, maybe he wouldn't want to come back. I really don't know. I suppose you'd have to ask him. But when you looked at Dublin at the at the weekend against uh, against Armagh, like, and, and how lackluster they looked really around midfield. And we know Brian Fenton's been looking for a partner for quite a while. And obviously, Craig Diaz was in the Dublin team a few years ago, and it probably didn't go as well as he would have planned anyway. Probably but, just doesn't have the interest. Yeah. To, I, yeah, I just, that, that, I just, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Aaron, but no, I just don't think he's the interest. And the, the buy-in maybe from him just doesn't seem to be there with a lot of maybe them kind of Dublin French players that were back in 2011 or 12. Just doesn't seem to be the interest. I'd say the Kill McCud commitment is probably nearly, as, nearly, I wouldn't say it's good as, but I'd say it's a massive commitment as is to all Ireland finalists. So I'd say the commitment is probably there. Um, he's a sensational player. Like, geez, some of the points he was kicking there Saturday night was brilliant. So he probably would be an option for Dublin there, but I just don't think he's the interest. Yeah, and I suppose with an all Ireland final on, on the horizon anyway, you couldn't see him coming back in anytime soon. Anyways, GA Statsman says there as well, Kilku, just the, the, the fitter outfit. The difference in the end, so proud of the bars, put a red shirt on every one of those 15, red card dismissed going into into extra time has to be gone. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. So who would you be backing in the final then from here, Croaks or, or Kilku? 
God, you'd be a brave man to call that. Um, that particular game, I just think the hurt from 2020 will probably drive Kiku on. And I think they'll need, like, no one, Conley Gilligan, like you do, and Mickey Moran, I think they'll, need, they'll leave no stones left unturned. I think there'll be a big push to win it this year. So I'd be thinking Kiku, obviously, with my Ulster hat on, but I just think with maybe. I know Kilmacud had them a couple of games of Croker and people will say that'll be a big factor, but I think there's a big push for uh, Kiku this year. So I'd be looking at Kiku. Um I, I think I think it's just different this year. They've you know they fought back from hard games, they're battle hardened, that the players to probably get them over the line and it just seems like it's different for Kiku this year. They've been on an incredible journey. I know Dulce final against Derry Gunley, very bad game of football. Derry Gunley didn't put up much of a test, but I think it's different this year. The heart from twenty twenty and um, yeah, the Brannigan brothers are just playing the football of their lives at the minute. So I think it's Kiku's year this year. And uh, you're probably Kilmacud this year. Do you reckon or who are you thinking? It's hard to know, really. Like I've, I've gone against Croaks a lot of times this year. I went against them in the Dublin final against St. Jude's. And um, I fancied Nace maybe to turn them over at one stage as well. But fair play, they keep coming back. They keep bouncing back from all the, the different obstacles that's thrown at them, whether it's a Paul Mannion injury and... They faced a, a lot of tough opposition and, along the way. It's very hard to call. I'd probably, you know, I'd love to see Kim Croaks obviously get over the line and and get the victory. Like obviously a big club and in the south side of Dublin and have produced a, a whole host of top class footballers down the years. And it'd be great to see them back at the at the top table again. I think 2009 might have been the last time they won or, or maybe a little bit before that. But um, yeah, it'd be huge for them and look for Kilku. I think they, you know, with like the, the most impressive thing from Kilku is the amount of different scores they're getting. Like even mm. in the first, in the semi-finals, I think they finished with ten or eleven different scores, and uh, just just mad really. Like they've so many different options all across the pitch. Like yeah. They don't re- they don't rely on one or two individual talents. And mm. like when you look at the team, really, they're not. It's not like they've got a whole host of top class inter county footballers or anything like that. It's, they yeah. just they just work really well together, and they seem to all be in sync, which I think is the most impressive thing. Well, Aaron, you see, they just know how to mix it, and that's the sign of a good team. Like if if they if like a perfect example, Derry Gonley, they parked the bus. Kiku, right? What way do we adapt to that? What do we do when that's when we're in that situation? They know how to get around every situation. Like when when say when one of the Brannigan brother brothers run, uh, the lad obviously wears the skins and the odd boots, and he was getting a lot of praise and crack at the weekend. But God, if he's putting over the bar, putting the ball over the bar, I know people's going to care what he's wearing. But he, he had a great game at the weekend. But when the move, they all move. Like they have a plan B for basically every situation, and that is the sign of a good team. And I just don't think they probably get the credit that they deserve because God, they're putting in some shift this year. And I keep saying it, like when you've obviously Mickey Moore and Conor Gilligan, you are going to go places and. You know, I just think it is their year this year, but no, they are seriously impressive. You know, when your wing backs are scoring outrageous scores, that's when you know you're in business. I really like Paul Devon. I think he's a fantastic finisher up front. Uh, obviously, we all know about Jerome Johnson, like Connor Lafty as well. Great mm-hmm. brains of the game, Aaron. Like, they really do have it all. And I don't know what they're going to do to get the praise they deserve because there is probably a lot of people that's not convinced by them. But God almighty, even at the Windy All Ireland, maybe people might take notice then. Yeah, like I suppose Sheelan Johnson and Michal Rooney as well. I thought were were very impressive, and obviously Noel Kane and goal, very uh, very experienced uh, yeah. goalkeeper there. Like, yeah, and like having Conor Lafferty on the pitch is like having a third manager because he obviously has his. Um, he was at the down under twenties. He's with Trinity College as a GA coach there as well, so he knows the ins outs to the outs of the game. He's smart. He's cute. He was on the down fo- senior football panel for what 10, 12 years. That's like having another manager on the pitch while playing. So. 
Oh look, they're going places, Aaron. I think uh, they're going to be winning the uh, All Ireland next month. I'd be, I, I, I'd, I'd well believe it. Yeah, no, I'd probably lean towards that as well. Like, um, you know, if Croaks had Mannion in there, maybe, maybe they might get over the line. But obviously, he's, uh, he's hundred percent ruled out. Obviously, uh, following Robbie Rennan's interview there, Barry Walsh says, "What is your opinion on Knockmore as a, as a young team coming up?" Well, I suppose from what I've seen of them anyway, like they do, they do have a lot of players. I suppose around the. Uh, the right age profile, and I seen Aidan Norm was in the Mayo team. Pierce Rutledge was on the bench, and um, Kevin McLaughlin. So you know, Knockmore definitely a, a team that could dominate maybe in uh, in Mayo for a while, anyways. But we'll see what happens over the, the next couple of years. What will be your, your moment of the weekend? Then we, would you go with Cavan's uh, historic win over Leitrim, or, or what? Do you think? <laughs> Um, oh God! The standard of football—it's it's, it's probably the the she's uh, probably the, the least amount of moments uh, that there was down in Sean McDermott Park yesterday. Um, I think Ryan O'Neill's performance against ourselves was just absolutely mm. terrific. He was fantastic from minute one onwards. He took the goal so well. He's twenty-one years of age. He just had an incredible game. He looked—he just looked at home in Croke Park. He shot the lights out. So yeah, Reed's performance against uh, a lackluster, lackluster Dubs would be my moment of the week. Yeah, I'd probably go along with you as well. I suppose even as uh, as tough as it was to take as a as a Dublin fan, like his performance was um, was out of the world really, and even his uh, his finish, his goal was, was exceptional. You just know by him too, Aaron. Like you just know, obviously, and he, like as Paul Herity was saying to us at the weekend, like he, like he's been around for so long, and now he's finally getting applauded. But you just know, I think Oshie McConville's actually his uncle, so that's you know the, the writings on the wall. But you know he's going to be a quality player. He has the charisma. You know, you just, it's funny, there's a phrase, you nearly know, but the head number he's going to be a class act. But he just, he he has the, he's the confidence. I think I tweeted this. He's the confidence. He has it all. Like that hit in John Small, like what other RML player was going to do that? Yeah. That set the tone, really, didn't it? Set, set, set the tone. Mm. Like, and yeah, he was a Johnny Murder, like our fellow uh, uh, Jay McPonko's podcast member was saying that, you know, like he was even saying that, like, at Rain, like obviously Johnny played him across the game, but he, like he's a confident young fella. Like he just goes at it, and just the world is oyster. So yeah, I, I'm I'm expecting big things from him, and he's finally finally getting the plaudits he deserves. So uh, yeah, Reen's performance was just exceptional. There's obviously a couple of more moments you could have probably looked at. Um, obviously Robbie Henley's last minute uh, point uh, against uh, ridiculously bad conditions. That was a big moment uh, for the Mayo lads. London's uh, great win against Carlos. So obviously other sensational moments but you probably mm. maybe London's win and Rain O'Neill probably on parts yeah 100% I'd agree definitely like I think I think you can't dismiss definitely London's victory over Carlo coming from from 10 points down and it'll be be fascinating to keep an eye on them now over the next uh, couple of weeks and, and, and how they get on and whether they could potentially find themselves in a bit of a, a promotion battle it'll be interesting to see but yeah, look, listen, cheers, uh, John, for, for coming on as always. And um, yeah, I'll link down your, your podcast down below. I suppose if anyone's looking to to find your own podcast, obviously I, I go on there from time to time as well. Like where where can they find it? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the JMAC podcast and you can find me on my other social channels channels on Instagram, uh, JohnMacM15 and on my GA Swap and Sell page, GA underscore two underscores gear. And um, yeah, you can find me on YouTube, all the videos up and I had a great chat with you last week as well, Aaron. So yeah, really looking forward to uh, chatting about the games and preview and review and had, had you on, of course, last week with Johnny Marta and Connor McKenna. So Really looking forward to having you on, as I said to you, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it's great excitement uh, so far this year. And um, yeah, thanks thanks for everyone for watching uh, so far. It's, it's, it's been brilliant. And uh, thank God it's all back, Aaron.
Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and cheers anyone who tuned into the live stream anyway and left any comments. And yeah, if you could subscribe in the bottom right corner, leave a like and, and leave a comment down below your thoughts on, on the weekend's action. That'd be much appreciated. And if you're list, listening on audio podcasts, if you could give the uh, the podcast a rating on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it just uh, helps it to get noticed to more people. So um, yeah, cheers anyone who tuned in. See you all later. And um, yeah, cheers, John, for coming on. No worries, sir. Up, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs>